and welcome to You're Wrong About Musicals. I'm Esme. And I'm Nell. And today we are going to be talking about Wicked. Wicked. You know how we said it funny when we were talking about Ben Platt and his famous yeah. Addicted to Wicked Facebook post? I think it was Facebook. Yeah, sure now, it was. whenever I say Wicked, I say it like that. I say Wicked. Wicked. So much more fun. But first, let's do some some news. I was just going to say big news for us two personally this week. A few pieces of big news. Yeah, there's a few things that have happened this big this week that have been quite personal. Uh, number one, I saw Splinter of the Opera from the front row on Halloween. It's way easy to bring that up. Uh, me and Esme went to start this recording literally an hour ago. Yep. And I've just been yapping on about all the things I noticed from the front row. No, it's actually very interesting. I've learned a lot about Phantom of the Opera. We should go and see Phantom from the front row. Mm-mm. It's like I don't know if I mentioned this, but I've always held the thought that I don't like seeing shows more than once. I've definitely talked about this. Yeah. Because I feel like it gets worse each time you see it. Yes. I did not feel that way with Phantom. Interesting. I think the second time I saw Phantom, I did like it less, but that's because we were in shit seats. No offense. Yeah. No, not um, they were the they were the cheapest seats available. Yeah. But I thought from the front row and I was like, my god, I fucking love this show. Yeah, from the big personal news, we are... We have just... We had to do some maths to figure out that Esme owed me £4. <laughs> which <laughs> yes. she's just sent over to me. We are now um, because we bought proud owners of both Nerdy Prudes Must Die and Working Boys. A new musical. A new musical. Also, another piece of massive personal news is the Adult Adult Reunion is happening. Oh, this is big for us. <laughs> I worked out that I've been in t- ingesting Dance Moms Media for the last 10 years of my life this week. It's crazy. Which I feel like explains a lot about who I am as a person. Um, some more fe- theatre-based news, though. Aaron Tveit and Sam Foster are Mrs. Lovett and Sweetie. I cannot wait to hear Aaron Tveit is Sweetie Todd. <laughs> I'm so excited for the opt up. Wow. At the end of Joanna? I know it was a joke. Like, I fully understand it was a joke. But I saw, once Aaron debate starts in Sweeney Todd, Sweeney Todd curtain call should include confetti. Because they liked, how, yeah, they liked how he interacted with the confetti in, his, in Moulin Rouge. Yeah, I feel, I am trying to understand the Moulin Rouge girlies, but I don't know if I can. I just don't like Moulin Rouge. I don't understand why there's a girl... Who sits around on TikTok and reviews the Roxanne performances from around the world every night? Yeah, like I, I get it to an extent. Like it's I'm sure it is a good show. It's just not for me. It's not for me. And I respect that girl. But I also oh, yeah. have questions for her. Yeah. I'm just curious. Um Adam's family. Six. Adam's family oh, is coming, coming to the West End for three nights at the Palladium with Robin yeah. I've actually no idea how you say his name. I've just been guessing. Apologies to him. <laughs> We're a massive fan of your sure work. He's an avid, as I'm sure he's an avid listener. Yeah. Um, Apologies. <laughs> We're massive fans of your work. Genuinely. Massive fans yeah. of your work. <laughs> um, oh yeah, six. Yeah, Maybe so they just, they just announced a whole new cast, basically. Yes. Um, um, so new queens and new ultimates. Even more recently, they just announced 
that they're cutting from nine shows a week to eight shows a yeah. week. I didn't know that they were doing nine. I assumed it was eight. But the reason they did nine is because the alternates have guaranteed performances every yes, week. and I enjoy that. So, it, like, the, I don't want to say main, Spettled? the principal. Principal, yes. The principal performers were basically doing eight shows a week. Yeah. And then they have, what, three alternates? Maybe I more, maybe less? I think at the moment it's more. And one of the big things about why everyone's paying a lot more attention to the six alternates is because Hannah Lauva is currently a six yeah. alternate. Not the right time to be calling a lot of attention to it, my friends. And I saw someone else mention that them cutting down the shows and cutting down the guaranteed performances for alternates means, and this really sucks because we specifically talked about this when we were talking about sex, is that it might be the end of the alternate costumes. It is the end of the alternate costumes. They said it might be. No, I think someone like DM'd six and were like, are the alternate costumes sort of thing? And they were like, no. It could be a fo- false DM, but weird thing for someone I, to My thought fight. is, if you'd, if you'd already hired... Someone else was saying, do you think that the people they just hired knew about this change? They did. And the answer was probably not. No, they did. Hannah Lava said that she um she she spoke about it. I saw her on TikTok today. She was okay. like, oh, when we signed the contract, we knew that we weren't getting any guaranteed shows. Well, it, it does suck because I think the alternates and um, the difference that the alternates made to the performance, like for their costume, for example, was a big part of Six and it was really fun. It was a big part of the culture around Six as well. And it made yeah. a lot of money for the show, so I don't get why then why they're changing it. I, I guess it would be hard to employ a ton of like extra people who aren't going to perform all the time. What's the same amount of people that they're employing? It, like, I'm trying to justify, but I don't. There is definitely a justification. Like, there's definitely a reason they've done it. Yeah, hundred percent. I just don't understand what the hell it is. No, there are a ton of fireworks going off right now. I. Um, we're recording this like two days before Bonfire Night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, if you don't know, um, someone tried to blow up our Houses of Parliament and now we set off fireworks in their honour. England's a very rural country. I saw people getting to, into a fight about this because someone said that we celebrate Bonfire Night to celebrate the King's survival. Is that uh, what Someone we else was like, no, we said. Okay. My thought is... I like it a lot less legal, celebrating the king's survival. I think from a legal standpoint, and the reason the whole holiday was created was to celebrate the king's survival. That makes yes. sense. And that's why you burn, like, effigies of Guy Fawkes. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. Remember the 5th of November. Yeah. Like, the whole point is being like, hey, don't commit treason against king. However, colloquially, and, like, what we actually think when we're celebrating... It's definitely a celebration that someone tried, which is quite funny. Again, UK Parliament, we are joking. Bor- uh, Rishi, we are joking. He said Boris. I said Boris. I was like, what, what prime minister has been... we on? God, I cannot wait for Rishi to fucking get out of office. I'm so Anyways, for back to not... musicals. Anyway, away from politics and back to me. <laughs> Guys, if, if you've listened to any of our recent episodes, you will know that I... I have been on a quest. I've been on a journey to stop um, oh, yeah. any great Gatsby bootlegs from being distributed or happening by obviously seeing and viewing one. Um, my quest has 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 been fulfilled. Uh, anyone who sent Esme a 
no one sent it to me it fell into my lap and it has been reported and i have vehemently like disapproved of it no one checked my phone of course obviously um in the same way that no one should check nell's computer for for beetlejuice bootlegs hey all you will find on my computer right now is legally bought and downloaded starkid albums yes we we support starkid legally love starkid never bootleg starkid bootleg starkid all jokes aside. Anyway, let's get into Wicked, shall we? Wicked. Wicked. Um, my grandma, this is, this is kind of related. My grandma sends me cards every every couple of weeks at university. And they normally have some kind of musical on them. And mm. this week, because it was Halloween, it has Wicked. Oh my god. So, Wicked is a musical of music and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz. A book by Winnie Holzman. And is based on a novel with the same name by Gregory Maguire. So, Wicked, book by Gregory Maguire, was released in 1995 and is based in the World of Oz, which is The Wizard of Oz by Frank Barnum in the original story. There are four main books in this series Hmm. and a prologue type thing, but the musical's only based on the first book. From what I can tell, the book is kind of batshit. Anyways, I know that Nessa doesn't have arms in the book, which is kind of batshit. Yeah, Elphaba has a child as well. Yeah. And then I think she dies at the end for reals. I'm so glad we're doing this after the. Apparently, it wasn't ever trending, and there were like a hundred videos max. But the clip of oh god, I've forgotten her name singing. Um, yeah, singing goodness knows. The musical came about when Stephen Schwartz was snorkeling in Maui in 1996, and a friend and folk singer Holly Near told him to read the book. It's piqued his interest since he has always had a fascination with retelling a similar sto- familiar story from a different point of view. It keyed into some- several themes that interest me. The idea of an outsider and the notion that things in life may be more complica- complicated than we think of them. The story that relates to complex girlhood, to grown-up friends, the Wicked Witch and the Good Witch Glinda couldn't have been more inviting. I knew I had to do it, says what? Um, I knew it had to be a stage musical. Swart at- Swartz acted fast to pin down the rights to the Maguire novel. As soon as he got home from Hawaii, he phoned his lawyer and found out that Universal controlled the property and planned to develop a live-action feature film. A Wicked movie! We're not talking about the Wicked movie in this episode because it is its own beast at this point and the movie is not even fucking out. It's not even finished filming. It's horrific. All I have to say on it is... Cynthia Rubio is going to be good. I have no idea what Ariana is going to sound like. And at one point, Ryan Murphy was supposed to write the script. This is a whole mess. I would die to know what Ryan Murphy's take on Wicked is. Anyway, so Swartz made an impassioned plea to Universal's Mark Platt. Yes! Father of Ben Platt. For Wicked Father Tunes. of the Ben Platt. The Ben Platt and we love theatre camp. I hate Ben Platt. Actually, that's a joke, Ben. If you're listening, hit us up. Ben, I love you, Ben. Hey, you, David Hansen loves theatre camp. Um, <laughs> any wicked bootlegs you want to share? Um, Platt not only was persuaded but also signed on to be a joint producer as well as you, uh, the project with Universal which he no longer works, and David Stone. Swartz's luck continued by asking TV writer Holzman, who had done two TV shows before this, if she was interested in writing the book. Swartz believed a female librettist was essential for telling a story about a long female friendship. Holzman turned out 
had already inquired about the Wicked rights and backed off learning that Universal had locked up. It seemed like a good sign, Swartz said. Swartz and Willie Holzman would work on the musical for the next two years, having periodic meetings, meetings with that, Mark Flatt. They worked out the structural outline of the show, spinning an original stage piece rather than a strict adaptation of Maguire's work. As we said, the books are weird. Yeah. The musical was developed and tested for a series of readings. New York producer David Stone joined the team in early 2000s after watching a reading at Universal Studios featuring Christian Chenoweth as Galinda. He then began to draw in the practical elements necessarily necessary for a full show on Broadway. Also, I don't have it written down here, but Stephanie J. Block was the original Alphabet in these readings. She then went back to the world, didn't she? Yeah, so basically she got Boy From Oz around the same time. So um, that would make sense. And then she like came back to it. Joe Mantello came in as the director and the team began auditioning designers. In April of 2023, April of 2003, the original Broadway cast assembled for a final rehearsal. Um, yeah, so some of the plot changes that are like very important are Fierro's appearance as the Scarecrow, Elphaba's survival at the end, Nessa Rose being in a wheelchair instead of being brought out arms, as Adele said, Bok having a continuing love interest for Glinda and then eventually becoming the Tin Man instead of Nick Chopper. No idea who that is. Cutting Alphabet's years in Vincus. Mm. Don't even know what Vincus is. The deletion of Illux's birth, who I think is Alphabet's son. Fiero not having a wife or children. Dr. Dillamond being fired instead of murdered. And Madame Morrible going to prison instead of dying. A lot happened in this book. <laughs> Am I going to read it? No. Um, <laughs> it was- it would play its out-of-town tryout in San Francisco with Christian Chenoweth and Adina Menzel starring as Galinda and Alphaba, with further casting being Robert Morse as The Wizard, Carol Shirley as Madame Morrible, Norbert Leo Butts as Fierro, Michelle Fever as Nessa Rose, and it would run for a month there. Their initial reviews were not positive for Wicked. Um, I feel like I've heard this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Variety said... Just for itself, out Sam Fadlon, which was quite quite different. Mm. A certain page to screen shrinkage of the ideas were inevitable, but Winnie Holzman's book and Stephen Swartz's score too often flattened out the source material in a cliched, crowd pleasing ways, creating heavy padded parable in about intolerance and hypocrisy that takes itself far too seriously, without any of the sophistication that allowed Into the Woods an obvious comparison point to juggle fairy tale growing up sat- satire and character poignancy. Gluey banal sentiment uh, art reaches uh, artery choking levels several times here. More wit and whimsy is called for. Whether Wicked can achieve the sharper, more streamlined tone, not to mention a running time before. Braving Gotham is a good question indeed. For the problem lies less in the production. Sleekly directed by Joe Mantello, stasly designed, for the most part, uh, smartly cast. Then a mediocre book, tiny lyrics, and largely generic music. So Variety were not fans of the original Wicked. The San San Fran Exclaimer said, With a $40 million budget, the cast packed with Rufus and Talents, Wicked is wonderful debut play that is certainly going to leave audiences bellbound for years to come. The leading ladies play a phenomenal, enjoy, uh, enjoying it on stage chemistry that is truly captivating. The script is impeccable, managing to tell a story that, despite 
all of its familiarity is still filled with plot lines that keep you guessing, and that the dialogue is perfectly trimmed and loaded with wit. Whilst the musical's score isn't groundbreaking, songs like Popular and Defying Gravity are quite accomplished. The singing is super, superb, while the choreography is fresh and fun. Packed with momentum, Wicked rarely slows down its face. The first act running 90 minutes, but all of that breakneck yes. speed seems feels like it's at half-time. The supporting ensemble is as strong as it leads, donning elaborate costumes that look like out of the pages of Do- Dr. Seuss's book come to life. See this show before it will blows out of town like a true Midwestern book twister. Two very different reviews of this show. Yeah. And it feels like the last one is more like a show, more like a review that someone would write nowadays of Wicked. Yeah. Before it would go to Broadway, there would be extensive changes made to the show with Stephen Swatch wisely insisting on three months to rewrite between San Fran and rehearsals starting in New York. It made the biggest difference to the show and what it became. Wicked would start previews on the 8th of October in 2003 at the Gershwin Theatre, with opening night taking place on the 30th of October 2003. Um, oh my god, we just had its 20 year anniversary. I wonder if that's why we're doing the episode. Maybe. It's always like we plan these things. Yeah, it's always like we think about them. Just <laughs> a little think... bit. Yeah, we occasionally. Put... Occasionally, we put a tiny bit of thought into like what day's episodes go out on. I'm actually kind of glad that we didn't put this out on the exact day of the 20th anniversary. I feel like more has happened. I'd rather have done it like this week, like afterwards, so we can talk about what did happen on the 20th anniversary. Because stuff went down. The reviews, New Yorker said, This musical directed by Joe Mantello tells the backstory of The Wizard of Oz, how the lion got cowardly, how the scarecrow got stuffed, and how the how the tin man got pawed, but most special. Specifically, How the Witch Got Wicked. Based on the clever novel by Gregory Maguire, the musical is an exercise in high camp, a universe turned topsy-turvy, where good is bad, normal is abnormal, and the purest... The purest well yields the sourest water. (laughs) The Wizard of Oz is dedicated to hope. Wicked is dedicated to irony. The Wicked Witch, Alphaba, played by the excellent Adina Menzel, turns out to be good. Whilst Glinda the Good Witch, played by Christian Chenoweth, exposed as a smug, ambitious, manipulative bitch with a... Wow! That's a loaded statement. Calling Glinda a bitch. Glinda is not a bitch. I have a rant to go on when it's time for thoughts. With little talent sorcery. That is the only part they got right. Glinda's not very good at magic. Yeah. Willie Holzman wrote a crisp book that seems to have more fun with the project than most of her collaborators. She invented a fan, a handful of malaplomerisms, like yeah. words. So, like, Oz has its own vernacular. Oh, uh, yeah. Trying to say. To send up the scrumptious Glinda, borrowed some of the film's classic lines for good comedic effect. The 22 songs are written by Stephen Swartz, and not one of them is memorable. Wow. I think the modern Broadway canon would disagree with you, my dude. Yeah, I, I can remember a few. I think that they might be some of the most recognisable musical theatre songs, possibly of all time. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> you at the New Yorker? Um, the New York Times by Ben Bradley. 
Wicked, on the other hand, wears its political heart as if it were a slogan button. This is true not only of the dialogue, but most of Mr. Swartz's score, which have that to the barricade sounds of the ominously unclaimed sound of ominously underscored anthems of labours. Through the talk fashioned with cruel, cutesy, bungled words, bring in the language of Smurfs, there is a rock-hard lecture beneath the preciousness. Mr. Montello reconciles the gap between form and content only in Mrs. Chenoweth's performance. I was so gleased out whenever Glinda was on stage that I never felt like I was wasting time at Wicked. I kept smiling in anticipation for her return whenever she wasn't around. The talented Miss Menzel will no doubt delve audience members who taste run close to the the soft rock stations. But aficionados in American musical theatre, it's Mrs. Chenoweth whose real thing, meddling decades of performing transitions into something, uh, something traditions is ugh, into something shiny and new. Wicked does not, alas, speak to the future of Broadway, but Mrs. Chenoweth, on the other hand, definitely does. Wow. I wonder how Ben Bradley feels about Wicked now. I hope he's still enjoying that's it. Just, that's just like an excerpt of the article. Of his review, he genuinely spent the entire time talking about Christian Chenoweth. I mean, who can blame him, really? Who can blame him? But it was kind of like you're supposed to be reviewing the whole thing, not just talking about Christian Chenoweth. Like, if you want a Christian Chenoweth um, column, go ahead. This is not the time. Right. Synopsis time! Long before Dorothy arrives in Oz, there is another young woman born with emerald green skin, smart, fiery, misunderstood, and possessing an extraordinary talent. When she meets a bubbly blonde who is exceptionally popular, their initial rivalry turns into the unlikeliest of friendships until the world decides to call one good and the other one wicked. Good synopsis, to be fair. Yeah. Well written. (laughs) For once, it's like not half the plot, something completely random. Yeah, you kind of get the whole concept of it. And now you want to go see it. The main... The main thing, and what Wicked has always very smartly done, is this is a story of friendship. Yeah, I think it does very well, but hey, this is about the Wizard of Oz. You you remember that show, that film? You love that film. Have you seen the film Wizard of Oz? Yes, I have seen it. Okay, good. I've seen the Wizard of Oz, I promise. <laughs> I used to love it as a child, the Wizard of Oz. But Wicked never once pretends like you don't know how the story is going to end. I think, I, I know, I've done, um. oh my god, what song is it? The Wizard and I. Yes. A few times for like singing lessons. And it is such a fun song to sing because of her little premonition bit. Mm-hmm. Like the way you act it is so important. Yes. I'm going to say something not shocking to anyone who knows me in real life. I'm a Glinda girl, through and through. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Might say something a bit controversial. I think she's way more interesting than Elphaba. Yeah. I, I, I get where you're coming from. Having No One Mourns the Wicked as an opening number. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Because you get to the end of the show and you're like, oh, God. I think it's like, I'm going to say right now, to be very clear, I've never been a massive fan of Wicked. I've never seen it live. Yeah. Um. I've I've listened to it. I've like done songs from it. I'll probably go and see the movie when it comes out, just for like the. Just to say you've seen the Wicked movie after yeah. all these years. Yeah. Like I I know the plot. I know what it's about. I know a few of the songs. Yeah. 
I think it's very interesting how people apply it to the real world. But he was bringing up how on Broadway there has never been. Am I, am I right saying never? Um, I think there might have been an understudy. Yeah, but there's ne- there's never been a principal. Principal, alpha yes, principal alphabet who has is been a, a black woman, person of color. Is it a black woman or a person of color? Because I know Latina women have played her. Oh, okay. Because Lindsay, Lindsay Mendez famously played her during oh, yeah, yeah. the 10th anniversary. Oh, yeah, yeah. No matter which way you spin it, Wicked is very much a story about race. Yes. Like, the, the thing is, you can say as much as you want that, oh, it's set in Oz. Like, they make up all of these words to create this new world of Oz. Isn't Oz this, you know, Oz this topsy-turvy place? But, like, it's about... Yeah, is it? But the thing is, and this goes for literally any musical, when you enter it, you are coming in from the real world, and when you leave it, you are going back into the real world. So anything that happens within the musical yeah. is affected by the real world. Yeah. Which is why so many musicals have messages. Yeah. Because they have to. Mm-hmm. And so Wicked is definitely about race. Oh, yeah. Even if it wasn't entirely intentional, and it definitely was somewhat intentional, but even if it wasn't entirely intentional, it, it's about race. Yeah, no, there's there's no way for Wicked not to be about race discussion around it. Yeah, and I think it's I think it, it's very interesting to like analyze Wicked through because you can say very easily, like Wicked is a good musical because the songs are good. And the yes. story is good, and the yes. actors are good. Yes. And it's like, yeah, that's true. That's a fine analysis. And that's what, to be fair, a lot of those reviews you just read were doing. I think, like, a lot of, like, and especially because Wicked is such a tourist show, because it has been running for such a long time, that's what you want to see when you go see the yeah. show as a tourist. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there are people who will do, like, in-depth analysis of Wicked. Yeah. And it's very, and it's like, oh, like, Glinda is, um, I didn't read this, but I didn't see it. I don't remember where. It's like, Glinda is a white saviour. Yes! And this idea that she is so sad about her best friend's death. Like, I, we were talking about this, the um, belt on Dialone. Incredible storytelling. That is amazing, and that's why I love No One Wants the Wicked as an opener. It's because yeah. it's, it's like, there's this it really, especially when performed in that way with the belt, is it sets up these two yeah. sides of Galinda's character, almost. Yeah. Of yeah, the, yeah. the real conflict of her, which is outwardly being this very white, uh, this very stereotypical good person, and then privately trying to be friends with Elphaba. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but but the point about. Her yeah, as a continue. white saviour. I, I don't even think it was called like Linda as a white saviour because that's not entirely what she is. Like, no. A white saviour is a very specific thing. And then she, a lot of the time, is presented as the one who suffers because she can't say she loves her best friend because, you know, well, otherwise she's she, sad she, about her, her career is going to suffer. Her career in politics is going to suffer. I think, yeah, okay, her best friend is being celebrated that she died. She's being hunted. Yeah, and and like, I understand. I do feel sorry for Glinda as a character. Life? I love Glinda. Yeah, I love Glinda as a character. I always feel sorry for. Her. I will em- empathise with her so much. However, no, just saying... objectively, Elphaba has it worse. No, Elphaba always has it worse. 
but when I say Glinda's the more interesting, per- personally, Glinda's the more interesting character to me, and it's been this way for ages, because my first introduction really into the, the full dynamics of Wicked was I did a scene from it, and it's the scene where Elphaba and Glinda meet face-to-face for the first time after she's, like, Elphaba's, like, left. Yeah. In Act 2. And it's the one where, you know, she's got this, she's got the wand. She's, like, oh, yeah, yeah. it about. Um, I did that, and I was like, oh, there's an interesting dynamic here. And, um, um <laughs> side note, there's a slap in the, in the thing. And um, so we, we did the fakes. We did the slap. It was fake, obviously. But then when I watched Theatre Camp, oh yeah, it's all I could think of, you know, when the two children start fake slapping each other. Yeah. It was like, oh my god, that was so me and the girl I did this with, because we just used to do it all the time. Fake slap each other. Yeah. <laughs> it it's was such a fun like, skill to have. Such a great Fifty skill. kids will do one stage combat class, and it's been every party trick we put out for the next ten years. No, it literally was like we were like we were like, no, so because that being almost my first introduction to what Wicked was really about. Because obviously, like I knew like popular and defying yeah. gravity and the Wizard Eye and what is this feeling, but like that being my first introduction into like what Wicked is really about. Yeah. Um has kind of made me more interested in Glinda because in that scene she's very much like oh like oh like it's very sad that Nessa I basically killed Nessa <laughs> but Glinda but Elsa was back and that's what I wanted and oh my god my friend's back yeah I think it is a very interesting dynamic and you could write essays on it and people do and it's very interesting people do and I welcome it yeah, but I think the thing at the core of Wicked is it is just a really good musical it, is. it has all the makings of it. It does. And, um, yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I should like Wicked more than I do, though. I think that's the thing. I've, it's the same way I felt about Phantom, like, what, a year, two years ago? Literally this time last year. Guys, would you believe that a year ago I just did not care about Phantom? You were like, Andrew Lloyd Webber, who, that old Tory? I knew who Andrew Lloyd Webber was. I just did not care about Phantom. Mm-mm. It's like that thing. If I go... When we go and see it, because undoubtedly we do have to go and see it. I've seen Wicked twice. Okay. <laughs> when I go and see it. Then, no, I'll go see it again. I want to go see it again because I, I have in who they've got in at the moment. And I want to go see that Um, um in the West End. Yeah, when I, when I undoubtedly go see it, I know I'm going to enjoy it. I know I'm, I'm going to love it. Yeah. I've just never seen it. And I've listened to it, but I've never gotten into it. One thing I will say is I saw it this t- around this time last year. And hmm. the sound quality? God, we're always talking about the sound quality. Especially in a show like Wicked when they're belting. Yeah. When they're using, like, both actors, actresses playing Elphaba and Glinda are using the highest part, or, like, the highest, hardest parts of their voices. Yeah. And so it should be protected and they should not have to sing very loudly. Yeah, um, I want to in the cars right now on the West End. Your bestie, Lucy... St. Louis. I do really want to go see Lucy St. Louis. It goes back to the race point. Yeah. So that's why I want that to go see it. I remember watching his first video about it when he like just briefly mentioned it and I was like, I'm pretty sure like he he says Broadway like every sentence. Yeah, He's like it's, on it's, Broadway. It's on Broadway, Broadway because on the West End, um Elfburn and Glinda are both being played by black women. Yeah. And Glinda's, Glinda's been played by a black woman. I think okay, the thing on race that I want to say is it's not like hairspray. 
no where you could never have a black tracy because it like would not make sense yes wicked is inherently like colorblind casting because it's not one of them is black and one of them is white it's one of them is green Mm-hmm. And the other one is a human. But so also, it, it, she comes and goes by a manufactured bubble. She's mostly human. <laughs> so it it is definitely a show that you can cast like um blindly. Yes, doesn't really matter who's playing the roles. Yeah, as long as you can sell it well. But the point about the Broadway production is that it's just interesting that it they've never had a principal black alphabet when the story is so like related to war, like. I think it. Uh, that's why I want to go see it on the West End because I'm like, ha- does it change my opinions of Wicked? Yeah, and I'm gonna be completely honest. I do not have like a in depth knowledge of all of the Wicked cast throughout history. I know that there are probably some people out there who do. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if in my memory I can think of one where there's been a white alphabet but a black window. Yes, that's happened on on Broadway. It has. Yes, that on Broadway. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's just interesting that it's been going for twenty years and it's not happened yet. Isn't it, like, I feel, I feel like I'm saying it witty because I'm not trying to insinuate something. Or I'm trying to be like, this show has to be cast. Like, no, I'm just saying. It... The point I was trying to make we got was interrupted. Sorry, something happened and we had to take a brief break. We had to take a brief break. Oh my god, I'm just looking at the cast. Elba, Glinda, and Fiera all black. I'm so intrigued. I want to see it. I want to see whether or not it changes it. And I, another thing, like, I do, I do, do you want to go back to your point you were trying to make? The point I was trying to make, we'll get there eventually. Because like, I'm not trying to insinuate anything. I'm not trying to say that the show won't work unless you acknowledge the race of the actors you're casting. Because yes. it does. It's worked for, what, 20 years now? 20 years. Exactly yeah. 20 years without that being an intrinsic part of the casting process. Mm-hmm. However, it is something to consider. And that's why I'm saying it's really interesting that Broadway production has never done it. Because so many other shows have. Like, especially since since Wicked has started, we have seen a real push for colorblind casting. And, like, Wicked has never embraced it and also what's something interesting is when i was reading just some reviews like i remember reading a theater mania review which i didn't end up using because it was quite weirdly formatted um but they spent a lot of time talking about the animal rights aspect of the show compared to the racial aspect of the show i think think there's a lot of issues that wicked relates to Mm -hmm. Because you can pick it apart and you can say this bit relates to this issue and this bit relates to this issue. I think the idea of the race... I don't want to call it the race issue because that sounds really weird. That sounds like you're writing some kind of academic text. Yeah, but the issue on whether... I guess on whether Elphabet is intended to be black. It's not written about a ton. Because your basic two stances are either yes, are you fucking stupid? She is green and treated differently for it. How can that not be, you know, symbolic of race? Yes. And the other end of the spectrum is, no, are you stupid? She's green. How is that meant to be a representation (laughs) of race? (laughs) (laughs) There's not really a middle point for that. There's flying monkeys and there's a talking goat. Like, and they made cares? up words for yeah. Oz that all things just you. I think Wicked is is aware enough in points. That's my yeah. thing. 
I think the thing is we can go on and on and we can say this about race and that about race and Elva should be black, but Elva doesn't need to be black. And we can say this on and on and on. Ultimately, we are two white girls. Yes, exactly. And when I go and see Wicked, inevitably, I'm not going to say, yeah, it was good. However, yeah. it would have been better if I had known that the woman covered in lime green paint, <laughs> it's like if a- I had known she was black, I would have enjoyed it more. Well, she is black on the West End at the moment. Well, I don't know how soon I'm going to get tickets because <laughs> I've seen the prices for Wicked. <laughs> have you just Googled them? I did, yeah. They haven't. I don't think there is much more I can say on the race issue without just going in circles. Yeah. Yeah. It, again, I hate calling it a race issue, but I can't cannot think of something better to call it. I don't know. I don't I don't know. There are people who are gonna talk about it better. Yes. And with more understanding than we can. There is a um uh an art because we're gonna talk about it more in depth later on in the episode. I've yeah. got some names and links and stuff. Um, oh, perfect. So check check those out if you would like some more eloquent talking. Yeah. Um, I just up. waffled for like 20 minutes. <laughs> We're going to signpost you there. I, I do enjoy the female aspect, female friendship aspect of Wicked. And yeah. that being the central theme. Again, it's a really good show in a lot of ways. Yes. For good. I don't know why. I was walking down the street the other day. I got quite emotional at Fall Good. I think even just the beginning of like defying gravity. Yeah. It's just... I feel like half of our conversations right before we have a tiny little fight sound like that. I hope you're happy. I hope, I hope you're, you're happy, happy now. now. I hope you're happy how you right before we started <laughs> fighting about who who won the Tony in the eighties. Yep. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy sometimes. People always forget how much of Divine Gravity is a duet. I just I, I find did, I did I did a quite frankly um horrific production of Wicked with shitty Yeah, I will say a shitty little drama school I went to. I won't say the name. You did an illegal production of Wicked. It was basically only the first act. Let me try and explain. So <laughs> it was a showcase, so every group did like a different musical. Yeah. I also don't know if you know this. Um, our groups were named after composers. Yeah. So this the youngest group was called Sondheim. Yeah. Sondheim. Sondheim. The middle group was called Weber. And Weber was always the biggest fucking group because you were in there for the longest. So I was in Weber for about 10 years, it felt like. Um, Your dream now. I know. The oldest group was called Schwartz, I think. Yeah, that sounds right from what you told yeah. me. Yeah, and then the afternoon group. I actually did not realise that the afternoon group was also named after a composer until like a year after I left. What? Because um, the afternoon after? group was called Brown. That's such a boring name. That's okay. Just do. I was like, like Gershwin, maybe? That could be fun. Hammerstein? Hammerstein, yeah. Even fucking Rice. Exactly. A lot of fun ones to choose from, but they didn't have them. They should have let us, let us choose. I'm fucking brown. Um, um, but basically, the way it worked was every group got to do their own little musical. Weber did Matilda, and I was really annoyed about it. Um, oh. And then we were going to end Act 1. With Defying Gravity. Yes. Because <laughs> that was the thing. So Brown got to do the first half of the first act, basically. Right. And then our opening song for our bit, because we had to share Wicked with Brown. 
but our opening song was One Short Day. Yeah. Which is a great song. I love One Short Bang Day. Bang tune. And we did that into... <laughs> I think I, I briefly mentioned this, but I don't know if you fully got it. We did One Short Day, and then we danced to a Todrick Hall song, which is why I specifically said, yeah, he has an entire album of Wizard of Oz songs. <laughs> it was like Wicked songs. Because I danced to one of them. Do you know intimately? It, I do know it. I know that it has a swear word at the beginning, and instead of bleeping it or like covering it, the music just cut out for a second. We had to <laughs> pretend like that was normal. And then we finished with Defying Gravity. Well, I think the best part was for the flying monkeys, they wanted us to make a human staircase, huh? which took a lot of work. I played a guard because I was funny, and it was it was that was kind of my only experience with Wicked. Uh, no, mine was mine in that sense is doing that scene, and me and my friend, yeah. we wore pink and blue dresses. We had the same dress in both pink and blue, Aww. and so we wore that and slapped each other um what else i can say i really like thank goodness as well as a song yeah i think it's fun when i feel like i know a lot of songs when they have i all like and i mean again this has been another criticism leveled at wicked about its use of disability or the theme of disability and having yeah choice to have nessa rose in a wheelchair but then having her get up and use her legs. And so that decision being... And it's also important for the plot, apparently, in Wicked. Yeah. It is, because that's that's how the ruby red slippers come into play. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a key central theme of the show that Nessa gets gifted these ruby red slippers. And the second they're bought on stage, you, you automatically know... No, the Ruby Red Slippers are the reason why she can walk, and you know who gets killed by the house. But in that decision of making Nessa able-bodied, yeah, you inhabit the role from being played by someone who is in a wheelchair. Yeah, because she's in a wheelchair for most of it, I'm correct in thinking. Yes, it's like the scene before the house falls on her, she gets the shoes. Yeah, and it... it... It is really annoying because there are a ton of disabled actresses who could do it really well. Mm-hmm. But because she then does just have to get up and walk at the end. I I think, I don't know about the Wicked movie casting because I've genuinely not been following it that intensely. But I know that they pout a casting call um, with, yeah. you, you can't outright say in casting calls, um, I'm seeking someone in a wheelchair. You have to like... You can if it's not like state of preference. I think that's what they did. I think you can. You can like heavily hint at it. Yes, they heavily hinted at it. That's what they did. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm gonna look up the cast of the movie. Actually, that is that is a intriguing point for the Wicked movie. That is one thing that is genuinely. <laughs> I do just want, want to, to say, you want to know who the first person who comes up? Fucking Ethan Slater. Yes. Fuck Ethan Slater. Oh yeah, uh, big news, Ariana Grande went to spam a lot this week. Christ. That's a sentence okay. I thought I'd say. Um, Marissa Bode, who is disabled. Okay. That's going to be an interesting choice, but currently... At least according to her IMDb. Okay. Um, because currently Nessa is not um, played by it. But the thing with theatre is that you could change that. Yeah. 
I, I think it's the thing they already changed it because originally she just didn't have arms yeah which I don't entirely know how that would work with them thinking she was elf yeah I just I think the book just it's, goes completely different I think you know the book had enough going on and like I to an extent I understand why they did it in 2003 I understand completely why they did it yeah and then I think it's one of those things once it's set in stone people feel very reluctant to change it Yes. But I feel, 20 years, I feel like there must be some way to work around it. And I, I, I will be intrigued to see what the movie's take on it is, and whether or not the other adapt, whether or not the other versions that are currently running will take on that change. Yeah. I think there's a part of me that feels like the way they did it was probably the best they could. Yeah. By being like, hey, she needs to walk in the end. We're yeah. not going to cure her. We're not going to be like, and suddenly she's all better and she never even had a disability. It's like she never had a disability. It's just she has this one very specific pair of shoes and when she wears them, she can walk. Yes. And it's just bad luck that when she is wearing them... A house falls on her head. And because, you know, there's only so many evil witches that can walk, they're going to assume it's, the, it's one of them. Her and Bok... Box yeah. just box just kind of there. Yeah, he is so the comedic relief. And again, Fierro is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the things we can we can nit nitpick um, wicked all we want. I don't because again, think... it's it's from two thousand and three. There are things that are going to be shit about it. The thing I was talking about the other day actually was the fact that wicked is now technically considered old or history because it once something reaches the twenty year mark, it's like history, right? Yeah. I think so. And I don't think that's the right term for like shows that are currently running, but you get what I mean when I say that. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that you weren't born when Wicked opened, but I was? You were like five days old. Okay. No. When Wicked started performances, you were five days old when Wicked started performances. Yeah, but I was alive and you weren't. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Well, how much different? How many months are between us? Ten. 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 God, you, you literally did not exist. I, yeah. Christ. Wicked started. But Wicked, Wicked, doesn't, Wicked doesn't feel old to me. It's timeless, you know? Yeah, but, but like, I, I even something like Les Mis, which I love, I'm like, this is old. I'm not even going to talk about something because it is fucking old. <laughs> I mean, I, I, when you were talking about Christine's hair and how you could see it up close, I went, oh, I thought it was just 80s hair. No. It's a beautifully styled wig. Well, I've not seen it up close, so... Well, you should. Front row, baby. If I ever have the money for that, I will. I have this card that my friends got me for my birthday, and it has some musicals on the front. Like, anything goes. That's yes, old. That's old. But Wicked isn't. Wicked doesn't feel old, but I'm... I'm uh, I mean, we can get to our predictions about where Wicked is going to go in the future, because I don't know anymore. Um, yeah. Shall we park our thoughts and move on to the very controversial 2004 Tony Awards? God, you weren't even born for these yet either. No, I was. No, I wasn't. Fuck. Did you won? No, I wasn't. No. Okay, Esme's not allowed to talk about this because she wasn't alive. So I was, and I had very strong opinions about it. <laughs> I was there in spirit in the same way you were there in spirit. When <laughs> like six awards. months it's actually um I my first words were at six months old. <laughs> and it was <laughs> me complaining about the Tony Awards. 
<laughs> that would be you do like to complain about the Tony Awards. Oh yeah. So at the 2004 Tony Awards, they were nominated for ten awards, being Best Musical, Best Performance, or in a musical for Dina Menzel and Christian Chenoweth. Together or separate? Separate. It's not a six thing. Best book, best score, best scenic design, best costume design, best lighting design, best orchestration, and best choreography. It would win three of the awards, being best costume design, best scenic design, and best actress for Adina Menzel. Okay. Notably, now this is the one that like truly makes people go, what the fuck was going on in the Tony voters room? Yeah. The most controversial thing is that Avenue Q won best musical over Wicked. Um, and there's an interesting article that I'm going to link about how basically Avenue Q were able to pull that off. Yeah. I, um, I remember, obviously. Obviously. Um, obviously. Following it closely. Yeah. <laughs> but I know they did a marketing campaign. They did thing. a marketing campaign. Let me pull up a photo of it. And they wrote they like they wrote a song for this. We can talk about Avenue Q as like a show at a different date because I'm not sure yeah. how I feel about it. Like they wrote a song called Once Dilemma. And then they had like this whole thing of vote with your heart. Vote with your heart. And they reminded Tony voters that it was a secret ballot. I think it's a thing. You you can't fault them for it. You can't fault them for trying something new and you're not allowed to do this anymore. Yeah. But it's the thing, it's like <laughs> Avenue Q, it's not that Avenue Q didn't deserve to win. This is starting to sound like a, a lot like what I said about Into the Woods. Avenue Q is a good musical. It's, it's not that it didn't deserve to win. I think Avenue Q is so much more dated than Wicked. Oh, yeah. But keeping in mind that this was when it wasn't dated. This was 2000. Oh, no, I like understand why people were like, I'm going to go with the edgy choice. Avenue Q. It's like, undoubtedly, when Wicked closes and then revives like a year later, it's going to win Best Revival. Like, no other show should even attempt to revival that year because Wicked is just going to win. Yeah. It doesn't matter how shit the production is, they're gonna give it to Wicked. They've gotta, like, make up for this loss in hindsight. Yeah. Fun uh, fact about Avenue Q, me and Avenue Q, is I was meant to be in a junior production of Avenue Q. Yeah. Um, COVID did a lot of bad, but it did one thing right, stopping that production from ever happening. Could you imagine? Um, There's the thing I, I was gonna say, is that of all of the of all of the awards it was nominated for, yeah, the three it got, I think I understand the most. As I said, actually, maybe lighting. I would have liked to see lighting. Wicked. I'm glad the costumes got a mention. They did get a mention. Yes, yeah. I think. Okay, it's a thing. I think they had to give it to costume and Indina Menzel because and if a woman is. Okay, but specifically costume and Adina Menzel. Okay. Because if a woman is getting up on stage eight times a week, head to toe, lying in, <laughs> lying in green paint. Yeah, I was. I saw an interview. You're gonna not give her best performance. <laughs> I saw an interview with Lindsay Mendes this week because Wicked has just kind of been everywhere this week. Yeah. Um. Basically, saying that she had green moles after doing Wicked because it seeps in the green paint seeps into your pores yeah and gets under your skin 
Another thing that I... Uh, yeah, so 2004 Tony Awards, still a touchy subject for a lot of people. I think, okay, the most controversial Tony Awards. 2017. 20, it's like 2017, 2004, and then, oh, I can't remember the year off the top of my head, 1987, in my opinion. What do you think? Okay. 1987, which is Phantom versus Intense. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's been any recently. Like, apart from 2017. Um, I think this year's Tony Awards might be quite controversial. Not this year. Like, there's like 13 new musicals going to Broadway. Ooh. Yeah. Is this shocked last year? Yeah. Kimberly and Kimbo mm-hmm. won it last year. That makes sense. Okay, the recording. The cast recording will come out on the 16th of December 2003 after being recorded just a month earlier. It would win the Grammy um, for Best Musical Theatre Album against Avenue Q. Finally. Finally got some justice. Revenge is sweet. It has been certified three times platinum and sold over two million copies. Again, it's a beautiful song show. It is iconic. It's a high standard. I don't really have much more to say about it other than that. Some fun odds and ends just from this time. Um, Christian Chenoweth would have to perform high on painkillers because Laura Bell Bundy had flown to LA without the producers knowing. Um, there may or may not be a bootleg. Again, we don't support bootlegs. However, I would never watch a bootleg. It is deeply hilarious. Has has the bubble got stuck? I don't think so. But you have to be under a certain height to like play Galinda. Yeah. Bubble. I remember seeing a thing about what they do if the bubble gets stuck. I was like, I don't yeah. think the bubble has gotten stuck. There's been no fly shows. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Which you can get a refund if you, if if Elphaba doesn't fly at your show. <laughs> I would not do that. No, I'd be like, this is like a win. Yeah. Um, Idina Menzel's last performance would also be infamous. Yesterday, uh, uh, at a matinee during a melting scene, which comes at the very late of the show, there's a tap door trap door that opens at the end of the show and an elevated platform is exposed just beneath the stage floor. Edina normally steps onto the platform and is lower beneath the stage. The elevator had already partially descended, so when she stepped forward, she fell and hit her side. The show was stopped, the house curtain was lowered and an announcement was made to see if a doctor was in the house. People did rush backstage and ambulance came and took Edina to the hospital. During that time, Shoshana Bean, Edina standby, quickly got into green makeup and costume and completed the performance. I'm an icon for getting into green makeup that quickly. I mean, it must take at least like half an hour to get into that makeup, but props. But then I, I also Bean. reckon that maybe like the audience would understand if it wasn't. No, the, the best. audience were probably like, yeah, there's. Yeah. Um, at the curtain call, Joey McIntyre played his last performance as Fierro G- January 6th, reassured the audience that Adina was going to be okay. At the hospital, x-rays were taken from mm. Menzel, and it was discovered that the actress had cracked one of her lower ribs. Because of the injury, Standby Bean also played Saturday's evening performance and described the house as very supportive. It had been announced prior to the mass day that Menzel would make an appearance during the musical's final curtain call. The Tony-winning actress, however, surprised the sold-out crowd by coming on stage dressed in a red tracksuit to complete one final scene of the musical. She came on and did full good with Kristen Chenoweth for the last time. It does suck when stuff like that happens. Yeah, but that, that photo of her in the red tracksuit has become iconic, and I saw people referencing it at the 20th anniversary. Yeah. To be able to see that. Yeah. Rib as well. 
Anyway, what were you going to say? Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, it does become kind of iconic when people... This sounds bad, but when, like, actors have the bad injuries and then come back. Yeah. Like, I was going to say the um, Andy Carl thing. Oh, yeah. Love Andy Carl. Like, that's kind of iconic. There was the... Well, um... he's, in, he's been in Wicked, the era, I think. He's done everything. Um, I was also going to say the Alex Brayton thing. Right before Beetlejuice... I want to say this, but I'm not entirely sure it's true. We don't have any sources, right before... just Nell's memory of Beetlejuice law. I think just before it closed for good. Yeah. He was sick or he was out with like an injury. Yeah. Do you not remember this? There was a big thing about him getting injured somewhere. Like on oh, set. I think so. Yeah, no, I remember that now. And then he came back for like the final performance or maybe the mm. last few plots. I just remember the really big round of applause when he jumps up in the coffin. Yes. Um Menzel would say to the audience. He got a concussion, that's what it was. He had yes. a concussion. He had a concussion. That's a lot more than we think Broadway performers getting concussions oh, yeah. randomly. It's kind of horrific, but yeah. no one should be getting a concussion at their job. Um, the Associated Press, um, Idina Menzel told the audience when she like left, she went, I love you all, this has been the best year of my life. Thank you. In 2005, Wicked would start its first national tour dubbed um, the Emerald City tour and kicked off in Toronto, Ontario. He would have a question, national tour. So it was a Canadian tour. No, like the national tours go to Canada and America. That doesn't make sense. That no. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to us, but to them it does. No, a national is for the nation. I the know. nation of America. I know. It would announce that like it would the touring cast would come to Chicago, do its normal engagement, and then a, another set and another cast would take over and just run in Chicago, like as a sit-down production. And then they did this again in LA, and in LA it ran for two years, playing 791 performances with it grossing over 90 million dollars with Mark Platt father of Ben Platt and father of a Fiero in Wicked Jonah Platt oh my god do you want to know how I know that because Jonah Platt oh. was also he also played Jason in Bear of Pop Opera in the one oh LA put in the in LA production where no one can work out whether or not it's a bootleg or a pro shot well it's better be a pro shot because you, know, you would never watch a bootleg I would never watch a bootleg and I've heard it's a pro shot it's very well filmed with him saying Wicked is one of the biggest hits in Los Angeles history and we are thrilled that theatre goers have embraced the musical and welcomed us so heartily. Our run at the Pantages has been a joy to the entire community and will place Wicked alongside the only two other shows in recent memory that have successfully carried out uh, called Los Angeles Home for an extended stay, The Lion King and Phantom of the Opera. Phantom! Phantom! The national tour of Wicked would play 4,160 performances, 124 engagements, and took in an average of $1.5 million a week. Broke box office records in every single stop that it would play, over 200 actors being employed over the course of its life. Some big names have been in the tour um, Stephanie J. Block, Tony Winner, Shoshana Bean, Tony Nominee. Eden Espinosa, who's now like front womaning her own Broadway show, Lumpeka, I believe it's called. It's just announced it's going to Broadway mm-hmm. this week. And as Glinda, Megan Hilty from Smash. I know um, that one. Ali Marzi, who was in Kimberly Akimbo, and Patty Mirian, who was 
Anna. In uh, 2006, Wicked would have its biggest week at the box office in if any show in box office history, making $1.6 million in one week, which was a big deal. That was, yeah, that's a lot. And now, like, some shows do $2 million a week, I think, is the highest, but this was a big deal yeah. for 2006. Again in 2006, it would move to the West End with performances starting on the 7th of September 2006 with Adina Menzel opening the show as Elphaba. It was nice that she got to come back and like finish off her run mm-hmm. and give it some closure. She would, Adina would, wouldn't stay long though. She's, she's a very busy woman, Adina. Um, oh, yeah. She would leave the show on the 30th of December 2006 and be replaced by Carrie Ellis. At the Olivier Awards, it would be nominated for it'd be nominated for Best Costume Design, Best Director, Best Lighting Design, Best Set Design, and it would only win an Olivier Award in retrospective in that uh, weird as most popular show award in 2010. Um in the US, it would launch another national tour whilst the first one was still going on called the Munchkinland Tour, which began in 2009. This tour is still running today and it has played 5,000 performances as of, as of last year. Mm-hmm. The show would pass $1 billion in Broadway sales in March of 2016, with it joining The Lion King and Phantom as the only shows to have grossed $1 billion in the box office. In 2017, it would surpass Phantom as the second highest broadcasting show in history, making just shy of two million the week before, making the grand total that it has grossed one, one point one two billion dollars. I love Wicked, but it shouldn't surpass Phantom. <laughs> um, that is more money than I can ever conceptualize that it has made in that short period of time like i that's insane that's insane it's been performed all over the world in 100 cities and 14 countries being the us canada the uk ireland japan germany holland new zealand singapore south korea the philippines mexico and brazil normal for a show that's been around this long to make it to so yeah, many destinations normal list of countries yeah the 10th anniversary didn't really have much fanfare. Um, it does have a stacked cast in retrospective with Lindsay Mendez, Ali Amazi, and Derek Klenner heading up. That is pretty stacked cast. Yeah. Um, they just they did a new version of the playbill, which bit boring. Bit boring. And I think the third version of the playbill is kind of ugly. To be fair, they also did like a lot of shows do the different versions of Playgirl for like anniversaries and stuff. So I know Phantom did it. Yeah. Phantom also lit up the Empire State Building in New York for their anniversary. We'll, we'll get to it for the 20 years. So. Mm. Don't worry. The Empire State Building needs to sort itself out. I'd be for the Empire State Building. I hate the Empire State Building. I don't like it because they're constantly convincing TikTok Swifties that something's going to happen. Yeah. Good job. Yes. Um, the popular song, which is a song by Micah, um, samples Mika, sorry, samples Wicked, and he said, um, I went to see Wicked and I thought Glinda's being mean, 
so I thought I would so I thought it would be nice to take the song and write my own version of it because I didn't like what she was saying in that part of the show so I thought instead of being the popular girl who sang it I just get the loser to sing it when Stephen Swartz came over to my house, I played it for him and explained why I did it. He heard it and freaked out. He loved it instantly. Important person to mention entering the wicked oh lexicon. Oh god! Oh god! Ariana Grande and uh, just speaking about beginning how much of the end. She fucking loves Wicked. And you know what? A lot can be said about Ariana and her relationship with Wicked. One thing oh, yeah. you can never not say is that that girl does not like Wicked. I think she, she like. Her being cast as Glinda, I think she's going to do it incredibly. Mm-hmm. However, the things she has brought along with her. Yeah, the havoc she has wreaked on my little corner of the internet. Exactly. She will pay for her crimes. Um, and I do. Well, I was going to say I really love Ariana Grande, but I don't know if that's entirely true. I find her fun. Yeah. Most of the time, I don't really think about her very often, but I've been yeah. forced to think about her more than I have in ages in the past couple of yeah. months. Um, so, for the 15th anniversary, they would do it bigger than other shows by hosting a very wicked Halloween with Christian Chenoweth and Adina Menzel hosting. It was pre-recorded taping that only lasted that lasted 90 minutes with special guests being Adam, Adam Lambert Okay. And Ledesi doing their own version of As Long As You're Mine. Adam Lambert was in an, was a member of the ensemble and then Fiera in the LA run, so it makes sense why he's there. Yeah. Chenoweth and Menzel did popular and Defying Gravity, with it being a more stripped-down pop version of Defying Gravity. Pentatonics were there because it was 2018. You're kidding. What else were Pentatonics meant to be doing? I don't know, making some sick acoustic songs. They did What Is This Feeling? Um, Doesn't and, surprise me. No. Ariana Grande uh, would appear again in the Wicked Universe and oh would perform The Wizard and I. And I mean, this, a fun song for sure. A fun song, but she she was one of the biggest pop stars in the world at that point. Yeah. And she was performing on a very wicked Halloween. I mean, I think the thing about Ariana is she has always been rooted in musical theatre. No, exactly. However, she forgot how to enunciate in this performance. Enunciate. 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 Yeah. In this performance. She just forgot how to. Um, it's The thing, actually, speaking about Mariana Grande and like musical theatre, the thing that really pisses me off is there is this photo of her from like when she was like five or something, and it's her as Annie, in yes. Annie, and she has the stupid Annie wig on, you know, like the really like frizzy, like ginger yeah. one. Yeah. And like every few years, it resurfaces, and someone's like, I don't, ex- I don't know what I expected Ariana Grande to look like when I was younger, but I didn't think she'd have that hair. Mm-hmm. It's like first of all, bitch, it's a wig. She's it's wearing the red wig and the you. red dress. Like, do you think she just dressed like little orphan Annie all the time for fun? <laughs> Some of us might have done that, and we can't say who. Yeah, not to name names. But, you know, some of you all might want to do that. I don't yeah. think Ariana Grande did. No, but at the end, they would have a lot of the former Glinders and Alphabas join the stage and sing for Gertrude. That's kind of cute. The right way to end a wicked celebration. 
Yeah. And the only way to end a wicked celebration. And when they do like the 25th one, they'll have Ariana Grande sing. Oh yeah, Ariana Ariana will be there. She'll she'll be at any wicked performance. But like this time she'll be there properly because she's actually in Wicked. And I have to hopefully. Hopefully. Who knows? these movies could take another te- it's two of them I, we have to remember as well yeah but, uh, well I mean once the first one's out I feel like she's kind of cemented herself mm, yeah she's actually played the role now yeah anyway I want her to get really into some random niche musical and go support that Mariana Grande there is this musical called Tuck of the Last <laughs> I knew you were about to go there of. there's this great musical that I think you'd be a really big fan of <laughs> Ariana, can I interest you in Next to Normal? Get that back on the world stage. Please. Please, Ariana. Lighten the piazza. Dove Cameron couldn't take us all the way to Broadway. But you could, Ariana. You could, Ariana. In 2021, they would honour Wicked coming back to Broadway by doing a Wicked concert special in September of 2021. Co on PBS, co-hosted by Christian and Adina, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, they are always doing wicked stuff, which always kind of makes sense. Yeah, but I don't. There's not another long-running actually Sarah B. In Phantom. Okay, listen. <laughs> Name one other thing that Sarah B. has done. Isn't she like a world-renowned opera singer in her own right? No, she's a world-renowned soprano. <laughs> Yeah. She's not an opera singer, just for reference. Oh yeah, she doesn't do like the national operas. No, she's just a soprano. Just she is a very lovely singer. I want to always make that clear. I do think Sarah Brightman is a beautiful singer. Yeah, we've, we've never said anything bad about Sarah B's singing. Yeah, I was also going to say Sierra Bagasse. <laughs> it has of constantly coming back to things. That, that yeah. sounds a bit mean, and I do love Sierra, I guess. Toby, <laughs> so, Toby, no hate to Sierra. Toby, Toby I love Sierra, I guess. <laughs> we love you Sierra. can't deny that when half of her, like, listed things she's been in is some form of Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera, yeah. You can't. It's undeniable. Um, yeah, so at this event, there would be Mario Castrone, Gavin Creel, Ariana DeBose, Cynthia Revo, who... Was probably in talks to play Alphaba by that point. Yeah. Or knew she was going to do it, so it makes sense why she's there. Stephanie Sue, Rita hey, Menard. I'll always accept Stephanie Sue being in places. Stephanie I Sue love anywhere. Stephanie we accept it, we love it. I loved it when she went to the Oscars. It was a personal highlight of this year. Um, Rita Morano, Jennifer Nettles, Alex Newell. Again, someone I will always accept being places. Yeah. Isaac Powell, Amber Riley, Gabrielle Ruiz, and Ali Stroker. There's a lot of people on that list who I accept being at the Wicked Celebration. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I can fault anyone for being at the Wicked Celebration. No. If I get invited, I'd go. It makes a lot more sense than the 15th anniversary did. Yeah. We understand the thought process a lot more. Wicked would reopen on Broadway on September 14th, 2021, starring Gianna Claire mason as uh glinda and Lindsay pierce as alphabet she was also in that la production of bear she played ivy um sometimes on the 10th of march 2022 britney johnson would become the first black actress to play glinda in wicked on broadway for a show so like took... like this is what i meant by i had more so it took them almost 20 years yeah hmm. 
Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to insinuate anything. I'm not even necessarily saying it's inherently a bad thing. It's just interesting in the it's time like At the end of the day, you want to believe that every Broadway show is hiring blindly. Yes. As in being like, this is the person who went to the audition and was the best, so we've hired them. Yeah, I know That's exactly. what we'd like to believe. So yes. I would love to believe that somehow, in 19 years of auditioning, there was never a black woman who was better than non-black. I wouldn't actually, saying I would love to believe that sounds a bit bad. Yeah. Sounds very bad, actually. But isn't, I would love to believe that that is the truth, that they I just genuinely believe the fairness of casting. Yeah. I'd love to believe that they genuinely believe they were always hiring the best person. Yeah. But it is really weird. I would love to believe years. I'd love to believe in a that we didn't live in a world of unconscious bias being that powerful. Yeah. Um however in 2009 It is crazy for wicked. It is crazy it for is. wicked out of all shows. Crazy. Crazy a show about feminism. Not about, not about fucking feminism. Girl bossery. <laughs> yeah. Well, girl bossery is quite white, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think when Phantom. Sorry, I always use Phantom. 2020, I think they had our dear friend Lucy St. Louis. But that, so that was the first black. Also, it wasn't. It was the first. Um, Excluding South Africa, it was the first Black Christine. Yeah. But I feel like, again, then the Phantom thing, they've like only ever had Norm Lewis. Yeah, and then they had Ali Ewald as. Yeah, they've had, so they've had non white. Yeah, yeah. uh, Actors for a while. Actually, very interesting because um, Emily Groucho. Yeah. um, She was the first black actor to ever play Christine Daae on Broadway. Yeah. And that was also in 2022. Mm-hmm. Did Broadway have a problem? Yeah, I think because that was the first time that there were big cast change post-COVID. It is, it is again, the thing. It's like, just, it's insane. Like, it's For just... me, I would, I would love to believe that Phantom is blindly casting. I'd be like, no, we just want someone who can hit those notes and can act this role well. Well, maybe acting is less of a requirement given who originates it. <laughs> However, that also I would be. love to believe that. I thought I can listen with Alex Bright. Alex Brightman? No. Because you were talking about Sarah B. With Andrew Lloyd Webber in charge. There's definitely unconscious bias in Broadway. Oh, in theatre in general, and it sucks. Because it's keeping very talented people yeah. from doing their jobs anyway in... anyways anyways step away from that no we've got <laughs> we've got our own thoughts on that yeah one 2009 um alexa alexa academy um was the she fact... returns in 2023 starring opposite lucy st louis making it the first love lucy st louis so much oh no genuinely loves lucy st louis she was the first christine i saw i'm in love with her like genuinely genuinely um making it the first time that both alphaba and glinda were played by people of color um there is an interesting what's uh what's on stage blog post that i found about the whole, basically what we've been saying basically the whole episode about Wicked. What's it called? Why the Um, Green Girl is Never Black. Yeah, it will be linked. 
That's it's a like, pretty good title. It's a good title and it will have like a little heading. I do put work into yeah. our links, guys. Please check them out if you want to check something we said. If you want to fact check us and if not... You, if you want to fact check us, I do make sure everything we say is factual unless I say it's otherwise. Unless it's me <laughs> having a vague memory of something. <laughs> and like going, a premonition yeah. almost. <laughs> yeah, you always have like visions. I get these <laughs> visions of things that have happened. And then I'm like, no, that and is I, I just explain them to Esme and then she spends like 20 hours trying to source them. <laughs> <laughs> me with the newsies getting lost which was true by the way it was true i specifically remembered it and it was true, it was they, true. they did they left a newsie behind they left behind. um in september of this year it would become the 11th longest running show in west end history wow. for 20 years which has like just passed us literally last week it was literally on, on monday at 10 20 and we are performing uh, recording this on Friday. Today is Friday. Today is Friday. Yeah. Um, it had a new playbill, which again, I think all the playbills are kind of ugly. I think it's hard to do a good job with a playbill. The, I liked the green and pink performance playbills. I would have liked them to be updated photos and not Adina and Kristen. Yeah. But they did brand partnerships because Wicked is a capitalist enterprise. Hill yeah. House home dress collection, four themed friendship bracelets, Oz-inspired moleskin journals, and an afternoon tea experience at the famous Plaza Hotel. Mm. For this, they would do two-day, they would, over two-day, they would do three performance celebrations with, across a mass day and evening performance on the 29th of October, and then, like, one on the 30th for the actual 20th anniversary. On the 26th of October, October, they did a wicked themed block party held outside the Gershwin with photo ops from um and music from DJ Mike Broski. Okay, there was a Broadway block club party. Where was Andrew Lloyd Raver? Miss him every day. I feel like he's not a fan of Wicked, is my opinion. He probably doesn't like Wicked because it's coming for his um, money. His money titles. Did he put something out on the anniversary? Probably not. I'm going to look. Um, with activations from the 20th anniversary partners, including Hershey's, Shake Shack, Catching Cream. Now, does Catching Cream ring a bell for you? Does what? Catch in Cream? No. You know the Cold Stone Creamery guy who was seen liking conversion therapy posts and so did oh, a cake oh. saying that he wasn't, he wasn't homophobic? Oh my god. He's, he's the guy who runs that. Oh my god. Anyway, he was a proud sponsor of the Wicked Block Party. Well, I mean... <laughs> sure. Sure, fucking sure. <laughs> fucking sure, man. Daytex, um, we're also a sponsor, makes sense. The New York Parks Department. Okay. Broadway Cares, Audience Rewards and Scenery Bags. Some of them are the normal suspects. Yeah. The fucking TikTok guy? It's sort of weird. But then a part of me is also like, I'm being invited a ton of like theatre influencers. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it kind of makes sense. And it was free. Yeah. Um, 29th, uh, the 29th performances were dubbed the pink and green performance with exclusive playbills and gift back with mar- merch, commemorative bugs, button and a card signed by the 
20th anniversary Galinda and Elphaba. Um, there were photo ops with past Elphabas and Galindas who played the role and champagne given out as people walked into the theatre. Fun. Anywhere that there's free booze, stamp of approval. I don't know. I, yeah. All I got from the Halloween Phantom was a mask. Didn't you get a themed cocktail? Yeah, but I had to buy that myself. You wait, you got a free mask? Yeah. Slay. Oh, I didn't tell you this. They took a picture of us. I'm on the Phantom, all the Phantom accounts. Is that your proudest achievement to date? Yep. <laughs> the, M- the Empire State Building was lit green because they need to get a life and a job and some business. Putting on your Phantom mask. No, I was looking at the card they gave us with the mask. Ah. They also specifically noted it was Andrew Lloyd Webber's money that went into funding the masks. So, I'm <laughs> too angry about it. Um, Renee Rapp would sing For Good at her concert with Lizzie McAlpine. That's the one festivity I saw and went, oh, I'm sad I missed that. Yeah. Dang it, would have liked to been there. Um... During this week of the show, the show would make two million dollars. Jesus. And that is the life and times of Wicked. Yeah. We'll talk about I it again when yeah. the movies come I think out. it'll continue on. Fan- Wicked will come for Phantom's title as the longest running show on Broadway. I think it might. I think, in all honesty, a lot of it does depend on the movie. Yes. Because yeah. if the movie is shit, why would people go and see the musical? Uh, yeah. But if the movie's good, people will want to go see the musical as well. Hmm. I don't know. I can't see it lasting 30 years on the West End. But I also can't see a world no. in which Wicked closes. I think it's one of those things, if it closes on either the West End or Broadway, it will reopen. It'll be like, it'll be like what's going to happen with Phantom. Yeah. I do believe that it will need to go away for a moment at some point soon. Yeah. And when I say soon, I mean the next 10 years. I mean, I I could see them trying to get to 30 and then stopping, like having their 30th performance be their final performance. Yeah. Closing and then, you know, reviving in five or so years after that. Yeah. But... I think, again, it relies on the movie, because if they have a movie that you can watch when you can't go and see the show, the problem with really long-running shows, and this is a subtle dig at Phantom as well. How many subtle digs at Phantom can you get in this episode? Too many. It's that things do need to be updated, not just, like, within the show. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, hey, like, I think a good example is the Phantom Mask. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's a weird mask. I think there's a better way to do it. However, it's become so iconic that they really can't change it. But even something like they closed Lamers for a bit and like completely retooled it. But that that's the thing. I think it's not just a production thing. I think it's also a theatre thing. Yeah. Because again, so many theatres have fucking shit sound quality. Um, the Apollo Victoria that Wicked's in, shit. I yeah. I, the mics were not working. People's minds these, need to be working if they're seeing the Wicked yeah. Spot. These big old theatres that then have shows that stay in them for like 20 years straight so that no work can be done on them. It's It creates a really bad experience. And when I saw it, me and my friends spent the whole time talking about the bad mic quality 
rather than the very good performances that were happening. Exactly. Like, I think this is the thing again. Sorry, Phantom. <laughs> but I sat front. I sat front row at Phantom, and it was incredible. Not just because it's incredible to be up that close to a very like intense performance, mm. but because you can hear what is happening. Like I've listened to every recording there is. You know, yeah. I've tried to learn these lines so that I can, you know, know what is happening. I sat at the front of that fucking theater, and I understood things that I've never understood before. Yeah. In the entire time I've listened to Phantom. And boy, when Spotify Wrapped comes out, oh, you will see. That you, I've listened to Phantom. You will see. Um. But I think it's the thing, like. That that is the biggest problem with long running shows. Like it's incredible to still hear to be able to say, yeah, this show's been running for twenty years straight, and it's still so well loved that we just got what was it like two billion in two a week? Two million dollars in a week. Two million dollars in a week. Like that that's incredible. That is genuinely achievement. But how? However. However, how many of how much of that money came from people who have to keep going back so they can try and hear what is being said? How much of that money is at because Stephanie J. Block also said around this time that um she was asked about Wicked because it's just been everywhere. Yeah. That a lot of past alphabets have had to have vocal surgery. Yeah. How much of that money are they seeing for compensation of fucking their voices up? Exactly. Very talented women here. It's- there's definitely a better, like with every show, there's a better way to do it. But they care more about being able to say that we're the longest running show on Broadway. Mark Platt cares more about making batshits. I don't even necessarily even think it's entirely Mark Platt's No, it's fault. not entirely his fault, but he is the lead producer. Yeah. The same I way know. I get- in the same way I get annoyed about the producing choices of, like, Lamers, Miss Saigon, yeah. and, um, Phantom, and director Matt, Karen McIntosh. But I think the thing is, Wicked is an incredible show. Like, it is so fun to go and see. It I've is. never actually seen it, so <laughs> I am just making it. No, it is. It is genuinely um, a spectacle to go see, and I would recommend it to people. It's also an approachable show. It's a musical it's theater show just... that gets people into theater. It's like how I felt about I have a genuine problem. It's like how I felt about Phantom. Whereas I always knew that even if, <laughs> even if I wasn't going to fall in love with it, which I did with Phantom, but even if I don't fall in love with it, I want to go see it. It's one that, it's like one that people recognise. I was having a conversation with my friend today and she got off the coach station because she went to go visit London and she went, and her friend said, I'm outside Wicked and she doesn't know musicals and she knew what that meant. Yeah. It's like, I, I told Esme, Esme, I don't care how much you hate Les Mis, you have to go and see Les Mis. And then and I she went, did. and I loved it. And she did love it. But even if she hadn't, I still I think you would have was... walked out of that theatre and said, I'm glad I saw it. I was saying weeks before I went to go see Les Mis, I was like, I just need to see it now. Um, And I think it's one that everyone needs to see at least once. Um, It is one of the biggest musicals of our time. I think the film's going to be... Like, I know I said that a lot of its success is going to depend on the film, but I do genuinely think the film is going to be really good for it. I think the film's going to generate a lot of buzz for it, and I reckon they will see an uptick in ticket sales. I'm so intrigued to see how this film's going to pan out, because they have been talking about doing it for my whole entire life. Yeah. And I will be 20 by the time this film comes out. I'm already 20. The first one this film comes out. <laughs> 
first film that comes out. I will be 21 by the time these films are out. Mm. If they don't get postponed again. Am I, sorry, I am looking this up. Am I right in saying that in the film, yeah. Elsa Blur is played by a... Cynthia Erivo. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited for Cynthia Erivo's casting for many reasons. Oh, yeah. She's going to be incredible. She's going to belt the hell out those songs and it's going to be amazing. I sound like I'm being sarcastic. I'm just tired. Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to keep it in. We, like, spent an hour in the middle of trying to record this going through the Tony Yeah, I might actually save that just because it's pretty funny. It is. I was reading out who the presenters were for each year. It's batshit. If you guys want some entertainment. You should go and look at it. You should go and look at it. But we're, I think that's that's wicked. I think that's all we can say right now. When the wicked movie happens, we will go see it and we will have opinions. Oh, yeah. Um. Next week, it is a different show. Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde. Um, back to a more... Well, Wicked's quite a teen show. One of the things that was highlighted is it's always tar- been targeted at teen girls. Yeah. Um, which I think is one of the reasons for its longevity. Yeah. Teen girls and Ben Platt. Teen girls and Ben Platt, who famously said, Hi, my name's Ben Platt, my dad's Mark Platt, the producer of Wicked. It is crazy that I was going to say us, but me especially managed to get through this entire recording without once mentioning Ben Platt's folder of Wicked bootlegs. Oh yeah, Ben Platt was famous for having a folder of Wicked bootlegs. You mentioned it earlier on when I was talking about how I may or may not have Gatsby bootlegs on my phone. I don't. Definitely don't. Alright. Right. Um... That's all I've got left in me. That's all I've got left in us. You know what? I always forget to say this, but we are on other social medias. They are allegedly linked. I can't get it to work on Spotify. And if you have strong opinions, please leave us a review. We'll find it hilarious. Please um, follow us. Follow us. On everything. On everything. Only then will we (laughs) read your complaints. Yeah, yeah. If you have any thoughts, comments, complaints, um, let us know. Suggestions. Suggestions. We will receive them. Will we take them on board? Depends. Maybe. If they're good. If they're funny, then yeah. Anyway, bye-bye.